Welcome everyone, welcome everyone. It's officially March the 12th. Thank you all so much for listen, listening. I was about to say listening. Listening. For those of y'all have been listening since the beginning, shout out to my big brother. I'm sorry, shouting people out that I know are listening. Even if you only listen the very beginning, you don't listen to the whole episode. I just I appreciate you just popping on here. Or even if you don't listen, just sharing it, telling your friends. Yeah, shout out to my brother, my A1 Day One. I know he's been listening for a while. Shout out to Pastor Baker. You know who you are. Uh, Mr. Josh Baker, I appreciate you. He's actually preaching this Sunday. So, hmm, how can I share that? I don't really get on Facebook that much i need like i have get started just started getting back on there more just a little bit facebook is dangerous before you know it you will blow an entire hour of your life on there like scrolling through people's feed on your feed or whatever anyway hmm i'll figure out a way to somehow share that to my instagram somehow but if you're on Facebook, for those of y'all that do get on there regularly, you can look up Harmony Vineyard, my church. Uh, yes. Yes. Check it out. Harmony Vineyard, Kansas City. I think that's what you got to put in. And yeah, yeah. He'll be live on Facebook. So check him out. What else? Shout out to my friend Jim. You know who you are, my friend Jim out there in California. Her birthday is tomorrow. I won't say how many years old she'll be, but happy birthday. I'm actually going to sing you happy birthday before I go to sleep after this episode is done because it will be officially uh, what? Yeah, Saturday by the time I'm done. We'll see. Let's see how long this episode takes because it's 34 verses. Anyway, yeah, shout out to you. Shout out to I saw some people are listening in Malaysia, Malaysia. I was like, whoa. We big time now. We got somebody listening in Malaysia. So whoever you are in Malaysia, listen to Chew the Bible. I appreciate you as well. I don't know how to speak no Malaysian. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure out some Malaysian words to say hello and thank you and all that. Feel free. All y'all, whoever's listening, I want to know who you are. Feel free. Please, please, please. Either DM me. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. You can be anonymous. Yeah, either DM me. DM me on uh at chew the bible on instagram or send me an email i think i I haven't checked that in a while but yeah it's chew the bible at gmail.com chew the bible at gmail.com we ain't we're not big big time enough yet to have the official info at chew the bible.com or whatever um yeah it's coming it's coming though it's coming though aaron at chew the bible.com you know, this is lean startup. We got to start small, lean startup style. All right, let's go ahead and pray and get right into the word. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we just thank you that you're always speaking, always revealing, always good, even when the when it seems like when we're tempted to even have the thought that you're not good. When circumstances come our way, help us to count it all joy. Once again, as I always say, for those that don't know you, I pray that they would just 
have a revelation, a new revelation of who you are, that you're that you love them, that you've been pursuing them ever since they were babies in their mother's womb before they even in their mother's womb even thought of God. You knew every hair on their head. You knew every hair that was going to fall out. And I just pray that they would completely surrender their life to you, that they would realize, Lord, that you, your son, Jesus, that you sent to earth, Lord, he is the bridge. He is the way that they can have a personal relationship with you and spend eternity with you. And uh, I just thank you, God. I thank you, God, for all the listeners, all the listeners, bless them. Help us to, yeah, draw closer to you, get a greater understanding of your word, and allow this word to transform us and grow us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Boy, sometimes my brother, we always joke about uh, the long prayer. Father God's in the long prayer. Because uh, I always joke, I notice when people say Father God in their prayers a lot. It just, I don't know, it's just a thing. I reckon, that, like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> For those of y'all who say Father God a lot, you get cool points in my book when you throw a Father God in your prayers, like, more than once. Shoot, more than three times. Uh, at some point, I, w- I, w- I look forward to when we start talking about prayer and the examples of prayer in the Bible and what prayer looks like. Prayer to me is just a conversation. Um, there is a format for prayer that I like to follow called the Acts Prayer. Um, adoration, um, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. But I'm not going to go to that deep in that right now. I don't know how I got on that tangent. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, the long prayer. You know, like you can tell like when you go to like a family. Oh, that's, that's, that's the worst time. Well, actually, it's not. I, I hate to say this. It's not the worst time, but you are like, it's always funny. Like you always get that uncle who they ask to say the prayer at like Thanksgiving or before dinner time. And instead of just going into like, thank you, Jesus, for this food. I appreciate, you know, just like keeping it short while the food is getting cold. They go into the long five minute prayer. And it's like, come on, unk, come on, unk. like we are hungry anyway. But hey gotta make sure all that food is blessed no diseases and just really thank the lord shoot that's what uh we were talking about this yesterday with in verse in chapter 24 this uh isaac's servant um he wasn't praying but he was testifying he was telling all of uh, Rebecca's family, this whole story about how God orchestrated this whole meeting with him and Rebecca and bringing back, yeah. And he didn't care that the food was getting cold. He had to tell that story. So anyway, all right, here we go. After a long introduction. Well, that's a seven minute introduction, y'all. All right, let's get right to it. Gonna read the scripture and then go back and dissect it. Abraham's other wife and sons. Abraham take Abraham had taken another wife. Mm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because Sarah passed away. Oh, I'm already doing commentary. This is Reed. Whose name was Keturah. And she bore him. You know what? Actually, I'm going to do a little different today. I'm going to try a little different. I'm not going to 
I'm going to give commentary as I read. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch things up a little bit. You know, keep y'all on y'all toes. So, yeah, that does make sense. Sarah just passed away. So go get go and snatch up another wife. I wish it was that easy. Um, I am definitely getting antsy about getting married again. I was telling my brother today, too. Oh, man. I was like, yes, this is the perfect time to get married. I was reading these articles about how the cost of weddings has gone down tremendously because of COVID. This is the perfect time to get married, fellas. If you are ever going to get married, this is the time to do it because the weddings are cheap. Not that really technically usually you don't have to pay for the wedding. Usually it's the responsibility of the bride's parents to pay. That's usually how traditionally it goes. But a lot of times, a lot of mar- couples spend a lot of money on these weddings and people go broke. And yeah. So anyway, you could probably, yeah, this is the best time to get married because the wedding going to be cheap. And... I think my wife, former wife and I, I wasn't really in the details of planning that whole wedding. She did pretty much most of the work, but I believe it was around 10 grand or something like that that was spent on that wedding. We had like over 200 people show up. I think it was like 200 people. I don't know. Some of it is a blur. She could tell you way better than I could. uh, If y'all want to go hunt her down. I ain't going to give y'all no information, though. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she got a whole new last name and everything. All right, let me keep reading. See see how easily? This is probably not a good idea. I just went on a tangent that quick. Yes, Abraham gets another wife because <laughs> Sarah passed away. All right, his name was Keturah. That's a cool name. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak and Shua, my lord, Abraham wasn't playing around. What's that? One. I right, see it. One, two, three, four, five, six, six more kids. Well, I guess he had to follow the uh, the order. God said he's gonna have many descendants, as many as the sea, the sand near the sea. All right, stars in the sky. I Jokshan father Sheba. And Dedan. Dedan's or Dedan's sons were Ashuram, Latushim, and Leu. Leu. Sorry, I'm struggling with this one. Leumim. 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 There we go. And Midian's sons were Ephaf, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Elda. All these were sons of Keturah. Abraham gave everything he owned to Isaac, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his concubines. And while he was still alive, he sent them eastward away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Remember, we talked about east is usually not good. Anywhere direction to east is usually associated with not a good thing. Uh, so he had, so according to this, he had Isaac and he had his son, um, Ishmael. 
and then he had these other kids at a very it doesn't say how old he was but he was old because he's about to die here in a minute so yeah that's one yeah once again one two three four five six six kids so that's eight kids total hmm interesting I'll have to go back and fact check on like how many kids total Abraham had. It looks like he only had eight. All right, so Abraham's death. All right, that's where it gets sad. Let's see if there's any notes real quick on that section. Okay, the author mentions Abraham's taking another wife without commenting on whether Sarah was still alive when he did or the ethics surrounding the decision. Although God's established order was for marriage to be between one man and one woman, polygamy crept in early. Abraham gave everything he owned to Isaac. The sons of his concubines were only given a few gifts and sent eastward. Yeah. Interesting. So there's a small chance that Abraham might have gotten married while Sarah was still alive. Interesting. We already know he had sex with with the permission of Sarah. He already or Sarah at the time. Uh had sex with Hagar, her handmaiden. Her. Alright, so verse seven. This is the length of Abraham's life. One hundred and seventy-five years. Lord, good Lord. He was still getting down. Verse eight. He took his last breath and died at a good old age. Old I love this. Old and contented. That's how I want to be when I check up out here. I want to be not just old, but I want like I want to be contented when I pass away. And he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zoar, the Hittite. They're really specific here. This was the field that Abraham bought from the Hittites. Abraham was buried there with his wife, Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son, Isaac, who lived near Ber Laharoi. So you got to be buried right next to Sarah. Uh, my grandparents did the same thing. My grandparents in Virginia, the Yanceys, Grandpa Cornelius and Grandpa and Grandma Dorothy. They have their burial plots right next to each other. And I think my Aunt Pam, who passed away early of cancer, I think her burial plot is right next to them, too. Anyway, ah, man, it's crazy. All right, so here's some notes from Tony Evans, verses 7 through 10. When Abraham died, his estranged sons buried him. But the family strife had hardly been buried with the patriarch. Mm, about to see some family drama like i said when there's multiple wives multiple women involved we got three different women here hagar yes sarah hagar and um and this lady named keturah i almost wanted to call this section three of this name this uh episode Three companies too many, like the show Three Companies Two. Three companies, companies two is back in the day. Anyway, I, I was like, nah, this story is more about the highlight of this story is what we're about to talk about with Esau. All right, Ishmael fam, Ishmael's family records. 
Remember, Ishmael is the son of Hagar. All right, it says it here. Yeah, these are the family, verse 12. These are the family records of Abraham's son, Ishmael, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's slave, bore to Abraham. These are the names of Ishmael's sons. Their names, according to the family records, are Nebaioth, Ishmael's firstborn, then Kadar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Hadad, Tima, Jatur, Nafish, and Kedema. These are Ishmael's sons, and these are their names by their settlements and encampments, 12 leaders of their clans. This is the length of Ishmael's life, 137 years. How old did uh so he lived yeah, not quite as much as his father. His father's one seventy five. So it's thirty it's about thirty-eight year difference. If I'm right, somewhere around there. Yeah, thirty-eight. Yeah. So his dad lived longer than him. He took his last breath and died and was gathered to his people. Verse eighteen. And they settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt as you go toward Asher. He stayed near all his relatives. Interesting. Alright, where are we? Alright, verse 19. The birth of Jacob and Esau. These are the family records of Isaac's son of Isaac, son of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took it he took as his wife Rebekah. Interesting. He is 40 years old. The reason why I say that's interesting, 40 is like a number of completeness in the Bible. Like you have 40 days, 40 nights. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, Noah, the flood, 40 days on the flood. Uh, 40 years in the wilderness. Yeah, you're going to see 40 as a thing. And I, like I said before, I'll bring this up. Just keep talking about it. Uh, yeah, I'm 34 now. I've been divorced three years. And for some reason, I just keep thinking... I'm probably not going to be ready to get married again until I'm like 40. Like, even if that's a long time to wait. Seven more years, but it'll be here before I know it. By then, I think my oldest, I kind of want to allow my kids to get older. So my youngest, yeah, Ava's seven. So Ava will be 14. And my other kids will be teenage, like grown. Like, yeah, Leo, Leo's 12. So, so, so she'll be 19. Yeah, 19, 17, 16. Yeah, my kids all be like teenagers, basically. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, somebody could change my mind before then. Anyway, here we go. Isaac was 40 years old when he took as his wife, Rebecca, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Paddan, Aram and the sister of Laban the Aramean verse 21 Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless here we go got another situation of a woman being childless having to call out to the Lord I honestly feel like God put made this of course he did made like made these women barren on purpose so that they had to like really cry out to the Lord like eventually, one of my favorite stories we're going to get to is talking about Hannah and how she cried out to the Lord to the point where, um, was it Eli? Whoever that, the priest was in the temple thought she was drunk. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that story. 
So yeah, here we got a story. Isaac cries out to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord was re the Lord was receptive to his prayer, and his wife Rebecca conceived. Wow. It's interesting that God was so instant in being receptive to his prayer, but his father, they had a whole, they had, yeah, the whole situation with Hagar, having a baby, having Ishmael, made him wait. And then, yeah, has say, like, it's interesting that how God sometimes he makes us wait. His answer is sometimes not right now. And sometimes it's like instant answer to prayer. Interesting. But the children inside her, she had, ooh, twins, yes. But the children inside her struggle with each other. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, well, it's interesting that she, her first thought was like, hey, when, let me go ask God about this. What's going on? I need to have that kind of attitude more often. We all do. Two nations are in the, your womb. in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One people will be stronger, the other, and the other. All right. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Mm. So the cool thing about this, I was just talking to a friend. You know who you are. Um, if you ever listen to this episode. But we just having this whole conversation, and she was saying how ever since she was a kid, her parents taught her to pull out a pen and paper and just ask the Lord to speak to them, speak to them, speak to her and write down whatever the Lord she feels the Lord is telling her. And the cool thing about this is God, like, here we go. We have a perfect example of Rebecca asking the Lord, hey, what's going on here with these, you know, in my womb? Like, I'm unsettled here. And God gives her specific instruction, like tells her exactly what's going on inside of her womb. Like very specifically, like, hey, there's two nations in your womb. Two people will become from you and be separated. One people will be stronger and the other in the, than the other. And the older will serve the younger. Very specific. And I was telling this friend of mine, like how sometimes I'm afraid to ask the question because I feel like my flesh will get in the way or my own intuition, my own thoughts. But the Lord does speak. He can speak. He primarily speaks through his word. That's just good to know scripture. Uh, but he does speak um, through your consciousness. So don't be afraid to try that out. My pastor does the same thing. He just does the same thing. He'll just say, Lord, you know, what, what do you have to say to me today? And he just journals out what he feels like the Lord is telling him. I almost dropped my phone. Sorry. All right. Let's look at the Tony Evans notes down here on these verses. It says, we aren't given as much insight into Rebecca's infertility struggle as we got with Sarah's. But note that she could not conceive for 20 years. Wow. I didn't think about that. So that means... How old was Rebecca, though? It says she couldn't conceive for 20 years. Still, I don't know the answer to how old Rebecca was. She had to be a teenager. When God answered Isaac's prayer to let her conceive, though he didn't, he did so in duplicate. 
though he did so in duplicate. When God answered Isaac's prayer to let her conceive, though, he did so in duplicate. Yes, he gave her twins. Like, he gave her double. Once again, another, a double blessing. Here's an example of a double blessing. Wow. I'm reading this book by... What is the guy's name? But it's called Double Blessing. Um, darn it. I can't think of the guy's name. Mark Batterson. Yes, called Double Blessing... I forgot the rest of the title, but yeah, look up Double Blessing by Mark Batterson. I think that's how you say his name. And yeah, we've been talking about this stuff. Here's a perfect example of a double blessing. All right. When God answered Isaac's prayer to let her conceive, though he did so in duplicate. When Rebecca wondered why her pregnancy was so active, God answered, Two eight nations are in your womb. Even before their birth, Jacob and Esau were battling one another, foreshadowing the coming conflict between their two nations, Israel and Edom. That's getting juicy. All right, let's finish up. Verse 24. When her time came to give birth, there were indeed twins in her womb. The first one came out red looking, covered with hair like a fur coat, and they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel with his hand. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. I'm reading the notes down here. The older twin was covered with red hair and they named him Esau. He was also called Edom. The younger came out grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob, which means he grasped the heel. Jacob's name can also mean he deceives. <laughs> Both meanings would prove prophetic. For a while, one of my old friends, I haven't talked to in a minute. We, yeah... She was, uh, she was like, uh, yeah, she doesn't, she wasn't a big fan of Jacob. <laughs> was not a big fan of Jacob. Oh man, I want to get her on Chew the Bible one day and talk about this, her beef with Jacob one of these days. Any ladies who have beef with Jacob, send me a DM on our Instagram because, yeah, apparently, yeah, she did not like Jacob. And we're going to see why here in a little bit. Alright, so Esau sells his birthright Getting juicier Oh yeah, I meant to say Isaac was 60 years old when they were born Oh, interesting So yeah, Isaac So Abraham was 40 When he married Rebecca We don't know how old Rebecca was But, and then he was 60 When he had uh, Jacob and Esau Wow, these dudes be having babies at old ages I'm sorry, I, Lord Jesus, unless you got a different plan. It was easier back then. I feel like it was easier back then. Nowadays, you got to have like three jobs if you're going to have that many kids. I got four kids and I really should be working three jobs, but I want to like actually enjoy life too. So it's like I'm learning to have that balance. So that's the beauty of doing these deliveries. I can balance my time so in fact i was driving all day today for the most pretty much all day let's see here i'm learning yeah to find that balance but anyway where was i so all right verse 27 when the boys grew up esau became an expert hunter an outdoorsman but jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home 
I'd be like my son Matthew. He's more quiet. Aiden would probably be like this uh, Esau. Uh, Isaac loved Esau. I have two boys. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> my older son Aiden would be a lot like Esau. And then Matthew would be more like Jacob. Uh, Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for wild game. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Hmm. Yeah, we already see a story of favoritism going on. Which is not good either. All right, let's see what the notes say down here. These parents apparently chose favorites. Yep. Isaac loved Esau because he was a man's man. And Rebecca loved Jacob because he loved spending time at home. Isaac and Rebecca were at fault in the feud between the boys. Hmm. So, yeah. That's dangerous. That can be dangerous when you show any type of favoritism to your kids. Or I know certain people who've given their kids these nicknames. And one nickname was kind of better than the other one. And it caused a lot of dissension and bitterness and anger between the daughters. Anyway, yeah, let's be careful. Be careful. I got to I try to be careful without my kids. It's hard because I got four and each of them has their own personalities. And yeah, demeanors and mannerisms. And I know it can be definitely hard for mothers when they have a son who is just like their daddy, looks just like their daddy, talks just like their daddy, acts just like their daddy. And yeah, that whole complex of like, trying to separate the boy from his daddy if he's not around now if he's a good daddy and he's present in the child's life and the mom doesn't have any beef with the dad perfect especially in a a happy marriage but yeah when there's been divorce or you know they never got married and the daddy just ran off oh man that can cause some issues too some bitterness between Oh, yeah, when there's kids by multiple spout, like, people and stepkids, man, they can get, yes. This story speaks, like, speaks to all that. See, the Bible is relevant to everything. When people try to say the Bible is, you know, outdated, irrelevant, it's too hard to read, it's old school, like, no, it is very relevant to today. Uh, All right, verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, here we go. Esau came in from the field exhausted. He said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff because I'm exhausted. (laughs) He said that red stuff. That is why he was also named Edom. Let's see what the note says down here. P red. Edom means red. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. So, yeah, <laughs> I got a cousin named Red. Was on my, yeah, anyway. Yeah, we had a cousin named Red. Yeah, it was on my ex-wife's side. My name Red. So, here we go, Red. Eat him Red. What's called? We're going we're gonna to call uh, Esau Red from now on. So, Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, said Red, (laughs) I'm about to die. So what good is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to him. 
Then Jacob gave bread and lentil stew to Esau. He ate, drank, got up, and went away. So Esau despised his birthright. This story always is very... These, these stories just keep getting better and better. From Noah to, and Noah's kids, you know, seeing him naked to Lot's daughter sleeping with her, sleeping with him to Abraham and Isaac, Isaac almost sacrificing, being sacrificed even before that. Abraham giving his wife away twice to what else stories have we told gone over so far? Yeah, the whole Hagar and Sarah beef. Oh, we we can go even further back. We didn't even mention um Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve. Like, and this is only we're only t- what else? What else are we missing? Yeah, Abraham getting married a third time. We are only 25 chapters in, and this is how deep. Gen- this is just 25 chapters into Genesis, and we've already gotten some serious stuff, some serious topics here. 25 chapters in. All right, let's see what the note Tony Evans notes say down here, and we'll wrap it up. We see here the character flaws of both sons. Jacob's grasping and deceiving ways are on full display here while Esau proved to be impulsive and short-sighted. When faced with the prospect of losing his double inheritance, he reasoned, I'm about to die from, uh, from hunger. So what good is a birthright to me? He settled for temporary satisfaction over hanging on to something much more spiritually valuable. The author says Esau despised his birthright because he considered it less significant than a single bowl of stew. The author of Hebrews cautions his readers to avoid being like Esau. Heed the warning. Never let physical satisfaction take precedence over spiritual priorities. So that could be the question for the day. The challenge question to all of you, all the listeners, even to myself. Is what. How have I been? How have we been impatient and allowed physical satisfaction or temporary physical high take precedence over spiritual priorities or those things that God wants us to obey him in or in other words those things you know are the right thing to do it was interesting about or I keep saying interesting what's very insightful about uh, or stands out about this whole story is yeah it's, it's, it's as though Esau couldn't even see into the future he was like once again he was very short sighted he could only see what was right in front of him he was very in his in the moment like I guess the, as the young people would say I can say that now because I'm 34 <laughs> as the young folks would say you know, YOLO, you only live once. So I'm starving, hungry, I'm famished, feel like I'm about to die. And here swoops in Jacob telling Esau to sell him his birthright for this stew. Mm, it's funny. Yeah, Jacob was the chef. 
Esau was a hunter. Wow. This is yeah. Well, I don't really have much to say about else to say about that. Just other than we have to be very careful about our flesh. It always is gonna think about this is the easiest way I can equate this to just as a man and me being single right now is is the area of sex and sexual temptation because I really I I believe in my heart I will be married again at some point Uh, it's a strong desire that I have if God doesn't open that door so be it but I really do feel in my heart it will happen again. And I, I actually have a feeling that someday I may have at least one or two more kids. So anyway, turn this part down. So <sighs> yes, it's so easy to be short-sighted and folk, like have these desires that I have now that I want to meet now and be short-sighted and be like, hmm, I can just go find me a woman right now. I'm pretty sure right now you know, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm no Denzel. You know, I don't know Will Smith or whatever y'all ladies like these days. But I'm a decent looking guy. Uh, I've seen even guys that are not... Anyway, I don't want to go there. But, you know, a guy can pull just about any woman he, he wants. This It's not hard to go get a woman these days. Especially they made it so easy to just get on these apps and find a woman or just go out for a night on the town or a club or sure you can pay pay for it just go drive up and down independence avenue i have i saw it firsthand when i was a taxi driver that's a whole nother story but uh not saying i partook in that i'm just saying i witnessed a customer that yeah picked up a woman anyway it's a whole nother story but my main point in saying is it's so easy to give in to instant gratification right now. And this isn't to be a judgment on anyone who has given in or it's easy to lose hope and be short-sighted of the plan and the purpose and the destiny that God has for you. There's this the the there's the scriptures that talk about how I set before you life and death, you know, choose life or like uh, narrow is the gate. Uh, Narrow is the road to heaven. Like, you know, wide is the path to destruction, Um, the broad way versus the narrow way. The main like there's all tons of scriptures that talk about this topic and and to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Those scriptures don't when you're a Christian, you've given your life to the Lord, your salvation is settled. There's I won't go into all the debates about, you know, once saved, always saved. This is not what this is about. The main thing is there are rewards, not just in eternity in heaven that are are lined up for you, but there's rewards here on earth that we're supposed to be experiencing. And so when you're short sighted. You can miss out on 
the blessing, the birthright, the blessing that that God has specifically for you, destined for you when you were in your before you even in your mother's womb, before you even thought of. So. Yeah, I'll just stop there. This is going to be this topic is going to get even more deep as we go through this story. Because not only does Jacob steal the birthright, but he also steals the blessing from his father. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I just gave you all a little foreshadow to what's about to what's coming. Huh, Abimelech comes back in the story? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. That's, yeah, all right. I just saw Abimelech's name when I fast forwarded it in the book, in the Bible. All right, let's go and close out. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day. Once again, I thank you for this word. And I thank you for those that listen to the end. I pray that you give them a double blessing. Shoot, give them a triple blessing for just listening. I appreciate their support. I thank you, Lord. I pray that you would, that the people that are listening would just be inspired to really be bold in the proclaiming of your word, that it would take root in their all of our hearts and continue to transform us, make us new creations. I pray this weekend would just be an fun awesome weekend for everyone that they be safe surround them with their angels keep them for those lord who are just curious about just are on the fence about you god and all this jesus stuff and who is jesus and who's the holy spirit and who is god i just pray in the name of jesus that you would speak to them god very clearly about who you are make it very plain for them just the way you make it for me every day lord you just you make me aware of your presence god i pray their eyes would be opened and they no longer be blind and that they would just humbly like little children ask you into their heart and ask you to be the lord and savior of their life and they completely surrender capital s surrender and us begin to obey you to start to read your word and actually listen And it would be exciting to them that, yes, these words would just be like food to them or a mirror that shows them the blemishes and the the crust on their eyes and their face, Lord, and how much you desire to clean that God and restore them. And or like a scalpel God that would just do surgery on their hearts, God, and transform them, give them a new heart, give us all new hearts, give me a new heart, God. Help me to lay down all of my past fears, all of my worries about being rejected again, to be bold enough to take chances when you prompt me to say something, God, to not live in my past or in my rearview mirror, but to continue to look at the front of the windshield and to not look too far ahead to the point where I can't focus on your blessing today. Because this is the day that you have made. We can rejoice and be glad in it today, today, today. Focus on today because tomorrow is not promised. Help us to do that, to seize each and every day because these days are not promised. To count our days. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I hope I want, hey, if you listen to this to the end and you liked that different format, I'm going to keep doing this for a while. I think I'm going to do this throughout the rest of the Old Testament because... I realize these chapters are pretty long, some of them, and the stories are pretty deep. And all right, I meant to say this real quick. I should have said this at the beginning of the episode. My main goal. All right. Three main goals. Let me see if I can think of them. 
and why I'm doing this podcast. One is to encourage you as the listener. Well, one is selfish for real. I just want to read the Bible more and stay and follow a strict regiment of reading the Bible and like systematically through the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation. So by doing this podcast, in a way, I'm being held accountable because I know people are depending on they listen to this. And so I don't know something about recording it on IG and doing it on my phone, like recording all this for the podcast. It it keeps me grounded. Like I know I'm going to stick with it, even though I've changed up the format multiple times now. It's forcing me to keep reading it like in a systematic, thorough way, not just a surface level way, but a thorough way. Right. Two to encourage you as a listener to read the Bible more and to love the Bible and to read it in a systematic way. What's the third reason? This so that God gets the glory, that people will get set, like really give their life to the Lord and and remove a lot of the because a lot. All right. So a lot of the material I see out there and not to judge like I am judging there I just want there to be a lane, right? You know, this lane. And when I put content out for people to see that, hey, you don't have to be all polished. The, I, the idea, Chew the Bible, actually is a um, play on words because there's this guy named J. Vernon McGee, I, this old white dude that come on at like one o'clock in the morning on Bot Radio Network. And he had a uh, broadcast. You actually can go look up his podcast. It's called... Um, what is the name of his podcast? I'm sorry, I'm blanking out for a second. It's called uh, Through the Bible. Yeah, Through the Bible. And he just goes through the Bible and he's a Bible scholar. And he uh, it's funny because my grandma is like, in a, in a way, she kind of said that she she could go toe to toe with J. Vernon McGee. <laughs> That's basically what she was saying. So my, my grandma knows the Bible really well. Uh, apparently my great grandfather knew the Bible really well as well. Like he was a pastor and my grandma used to say he like, he knew all these scriptures, like had them memorized anyway. So I come from a family of yeah pastors and my own father loved the Bible was like, an, it's been an evangelist at his job for years anyway. So yeah, the big third reason is to give God glory. Yeah. And really make, everyday people just realize that you don't have to be some Bible scholar or have gone to Bible school to really get immersed in the word and study it and love it and chew on it and realize that it's alive and it's breathing. You can apply it to every aspect of your life. There's something in here for everybody and it speaks to everyone. And at times it's going to hurt, like cut you. But it always cuts you, like I said, like surgery to heal you and restore you. And so there was a lot of times I didn't want to even read the Bible because I already knew what it was going to say. And my heart was hard and I was not in like I did wasn't ready to obey it. <laughs> the words that were in here wholeheartedly and just do the whole David prayer of search me, oh God. So I feel like I needed to say that real quick. I really want to encourage y'all, if y'all don't get anything from this, I really encourage you to really go deep into God's word and go through it. My grandma even suggested this. 
She's like, yeah, the best way to get the most out of the Bible is to read it from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. There's a lot of people that actually, it seems like whether you go through it with a Bible reading plan, but the main, the really cool thing is, is you don't even need a Bible reading plan. Just go, just go from Genesis to Revelation and just go chapter by chapter by chapter. Do like at least commit to doing one chapter a day can't remember exactly how many chapters in the Bible. I looked it up one day. But yeah, you should be able to, if you could do like one chapter a day, you should be able to at least get through a good, uh, not the entire Bible, but a good chunk of the Bible in a year. And there's some people like start reading, you can read two or three chapters a day. If you want to like eventually yeah, like to crank it up to get it done in a year, but take your time, chew on it, let it marinate. The main thing is getting in the habit of reading, because this is like I was telling my daughter today, this is like food or it's like looking at a mirror every day and looking at your reflection. Is there anything else I was going to say about this? Yes. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. Love it enjoy it soak it up i thought there was one other thing i was going to say about this chewing on it yeah it's good to get yourself a good study bible with commentary at the bottom you don't necessarily have to have commentary the cool thing about not having commentary sometimes is like you it forces you to paint your own pictures in your head so, yeah, feel free to get a Bible that doesn't have commentary and just read it as long as it like and get something that has like a, a good translation. Like I recommend the New Living Translation of the New American Standard Bible, NIV. Uh, this is the uh, what is it? This is the English Standard Version or this is the Christian Standard. I forgot what this is called. This uh, Tony Evans This is the Tony Evans Study Bible. I forgot what version it's called main thing is find something that has like really plain language or go ahead and get the old school new king james king james version uh at some point i may do an episode that talks about because i really don't fully know about the history of the like the the dead sea scrolls and the versions and the translations and all that uh at some point i'll probably do an episode to break down and I don't know, I'll find some resource where somebody breaks down why there's so many translations and versions, and I'm not going to get into all that right now. The main thing is to start reading. So, anything else? Nah, I should probably go and stop there because I'm at 50 minutes. God bless y'all. And yeah, next tomorrow or today, I should say, later today, we're going to read um, Genesis 26. All right, let me go ahead and wish my friend Jim happy birthday real quick. So God bless y'all. Have a good night.